What's going on, Naked Hog family? We are we decided to do a podcast and We've done one in the past, but never really committed to doing them. Um, but I think we're going to continue to do just like a weekly podcast. Now, I wanted to kind of uh, have us sit down and talk with you guys and kind of explain how we got started in yeah. all of this. How did the Naked Hog Farm become the Naked Hog Farm? <laughs> <laughs> um, so we are actually for- filming out here in our farm stand Uh, And you'll see the Naked Hog sign behind me if you're watching on YouTube. If you're not watching on YouTube, uh, well, go follow us on YouTube. But we have our Naked Hog sign uh, back behind us. Angie's sister and her husband uh, do metal metal work in these cutouts, uh, JPC cutouts. Mm -hmm. And they made this sign for us. And they did a great job. I love that sign. Wasn't that a nice present? That was their Christmas present to us. Yep. Yep. And this sign is actually going to go out by the road. Yeah. Once we get our property fenced and all that good stuff. And that's going to be awesome to be able to show people. I know. So that when they're so, driving by, they see the name yeah, of the farm. So we always have people that are just constantly driving by and just like waving their hands out the window and telling us how how good of a job we're doing. And they're always saying, you know, hey, guys. And, and we have people like randomly just stop in. They pull in our driveway and they ask us, what are you growing? What are you doing? They watch our land change they see our kids playing outside and it's like a show for them i guess they drive slowly by and they (laughs) slow down and they look out the window you know and they want to see what are they up to today you know so it's uh i think once we put that sign out there i think people are actually gonna stop by and more often yeah yeah. they're gonna say okay so you guys are a farm you know yeah yeah and then we'll be able to sell to them and tell them that we actually do a market garden so i think Mm -hmm. that's a good uh invitation for people to see that sign and and want to stop by so yep. yeah i think it'll be good i think it'll be good for sure <laughs> yeah. um so where should we start i think uh mm. the year was uh oh, 2014 it was many moons ago <laughs> <laughs> so i for those of you who don't know i don't know if i've talked about it on our main channel or not but uh i was in the navy previously Um, So right about the time I was getting out of the Navy, we decided to move up to Indiana Mm because a good buddy of mine lives up there. And so our farm, yeah, that's where our real step into farming, dipping our toes in the water. That's where it really began Um, in in California. Before that, we had done a little bit of aquaponics, but that was like a Mm -mm, that was in uh, in 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 Indiana in Fort Wayne. Yeah, Yeah, sorry. And we had done a little bit of aquaponics. Um, would you call that a failed experiment or? I don't know. Let, let's talk about that. Kind of where that's yeah. where So when I was in the Navy, I was just getting out and we decided to move up the, to Fort Wayne. We decided to move up to Fort Wayne, Indiana. Right. And that I was I was going to school full time while you were working as a nurse. Right. And we, we both, you know, had the he had school and I had a job and it was just uh we were city folk, you know, we had never yep. done we had never done any farming. Yeah, before. we weren't living we were living in a normal uh community with an HOA and all that good stuff. We had a we had a corner lot, so we had a, mm-hmm. a bigger yard than most of the other lots in the area. Right. Um but it wasn't anything yeah. huge or I mean, by any means. We had a nice size garage. Uh-huh. And so we had plenty of space in the garage. So what made you actually want to try the aquaponics? I forgot what um, got So you we, I, 
I was doing, to clarify my school, I was actually going to school, uh, most of it was online. I took one class in, it was in seat class, but most of it was just online schooling through IU. And so I had a lot of time at home when the kids were at school. uh, And I don't know, I've always kind of liked plants. We never really had a chance to grow gardens, but I've always kind of liked plants. We loved having house plants. We loved, you know, people with window boxes. We all, um, I liked flowers, you know, but... And I and I like doing things that are, you know, Angie will tell you, I do a lot of crazy ideas sometimes, just out of the box and ideas. And he researches everything, like just random, wants to look this up, wants to Google this, research this. He will, he will find stuff to, to learn about at night in the wee hours. <laughs> <laughs> I do Google, a lot, of ra- Google yeah. a lot of random stuff. Yeah. And so somehow I came across, I don't remember how I came across it, but I came across aquaponics, which if you don't know, is kind of a merging of hydroponics, which is growing in just water, and um, aquaculture, which is raising fish. And the idea is you raise the fish with the, yeah, you raise the fish in the same water that is used for Mm -hmm. for the plants, and then all the fish, uh, you know, the, all the, all the stuff that comes out of the back end of the fish goes to feed (laughs) the plants. So they fertilize and feed the plants and they, you know, make them continuously grow and keep them healthy. And they kind of, and I think they feed even off of the. uh, In some systems, they can even feed off of the roots and the plant debris that falls down in there. So the plants feed the fish and the fish fertilize the plants and it just goes around and around. So they provide the food. So So of course. In theory. with With any great idea, you can't just. Stick your toes in. You have to jump head first. Oh, and did we ever? So, oh my gosh. so I had seen in in oh. doing my research, I had seen where vertical gardening was a was a thing that was up and coming. Yeah. So I decided to make my own plant towers out of was I think it was three inch or four inch oh, PVC pipe. Yes. You remember those? Yes. Sitting with uh, with a heat gun. Yes. And I would I, I would cut a hole in the P, I would cut holes in the PVC pipe, take the heat gun and bend that hole out a little bit to fit the little cup in so that, that we used for the plant. So this this whole structure and these huge IBC totes, these like massive. Oh yeah, I haven't gotten to the fish yet. Yeah, yeah. massive totes in the garage. So like I said, we had a spacious garage, right? So we we, uh, we go all out. We don't do anything halfway. We got to do everything just big and larger than life. So we had all these, you know, pipes and all this. The the plants were growing, and then came the fish, and then we got the so yeah. IBC so the fish. And- so the plants. I had the all these big. Uh, we did two things. We did the vertical towers that I made. Uh, for the, to hang on our little—I um, don't even know what you would call it. We had the little uh, structure over the back porch, mm-hmm. so we hung, it was hanging off some wood it's beams. Like a, yeah, like um, a. Uh... The big, not really a gazebo, but it no, was like the a, beginnings of a shade shelter thing, a, yeah. lat- a latticework shelter thing. So it was hanging yeah. off of there, and then we had a big floating bed, which would, which is like styrofoam floating on top of a big bed of water. And when I, I mean, it was uh, probably like 16 foot by four foot. Yeah. So, and then it was a good, I don't know, I want to say uh, maybe two feet deep. And then we had yeah. styrofoam yeah. floating on top of that and the plants would sit in the styrofoam. Mm-hmm. So that's 
that's the outside, right? That's the plants that were sitting on the back porch. Mm -hmm. And then we had hose running from the plants. It would cycle over into the garage. And the garage was a little bit more complicated setup. Mm -hmm. So we had four of those 300 gallon IBC totes, which they're big square um, cubes. Yeah, just like massive um, fish tanks. Yeah. <laughs> And so we took those totes and I actually, I put together, I thought it was a pretty good it setup was, that we got it was, working. Ooh, it was a system and so it was working. We yeah. had a 55 gallon drum set mm -hmm. up with, uh, as a bio filter. And then I had another 55 gallon drum set up with a, a centrifugal filter that filtered the, that filtered the main poop off. Right. And then, or it filtered the main waste off. And yeah. then the biofilter would help keep everything else clean and keep mm -hmm. the ammonia from building up. And we actually did really well. So we we had the four IBC totes connected. Then we had all the pipe work for the filters and, mm -hmm. and we had a mm -hmm. uh, we had a submersible pump that we used to yeah. pump all the water. Yeah. And in the totes we had what well, we had we had well we first started with trying to do we, we wanted to do trout. So we mm -hmm. I ordered trout eggs, and that didn't go very well. No. They actually developed some sort of fungal infection yeah. after they hatched. So the, after we ordered the, the fish, um, and uh, well, after we ordered the eggs, um, and they're already there at the garage, and we're about to put them in and everything, then, like I said, he researches and Googles a lot. He came across something that said, beware of the fungus that can come when you order fish eggs. A lot of times you will end up with a fungus on them and it will get on the live fish it'll get on the baby fish and it'll kill them you know it's a bad fungus yeah so they uh, it infects their uh gills and they can't breathe and, and they'll die yeah. and so um i don't remember what it was called but so those the trout died off they were like they they were little bitty i mean we're talking they they hatched and they got maybe an inch long yeah, they didn't live and they long. didn't live very long so then we decided to go with a little bit Fish? Well, so yeah, something a little bit more, uh, you know, resilient. Party. So we got catfish in three of them, and then we did one tote with tilapia. Yeah. And <laughs> guys, they 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 thrived. They did well. But um, mm -hmm. do, so you, do you? you <laughs> have you ever had a large fish tank in a very confined area? <laughs> With no no airflow, no air circulation, nothing, just a cold, dark room, just trapped in there with fish. It, try it out. Let me know what you think. <laughs> yeah, so it got it got a little, little smelly. A little smelly. A so little? in our <laughs> our furnace, of course, is in, was in the garage. So oh, a lot of the air from the garage would get sucked into the fan and recirculate throughout the house. So every now and then, it would... <laughs> Smell like fish aquarium, but but uh, I you know su success wise it was worth they they live but if you ever try to raise catfish in a garage in a tote like that don't do it you don't you gotta keep in mind that catfish jump oh yeah oh remember we would come home where there'd be like five catfish just laying on the garage floor so, dead so that was fun yeah we found out how found out very quickly that they can jump like higher than you would ever expect they can leap out of that tank and they did so so what would you say the the uh the worst part of having that was um besides the smell 
the worst part was the getting rid of it part was the cleanup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we did. There was a lot of cleanup. So when we were done, you know, and I'd done with aquaponics and decided like it wasn't the as successful as we wanted it to be. And we realized that we didn't have the facilities and the, and the proper setup to make this work on the scale that we wanted it to work on. Plus we were moving, we were going to be moving away soon. So we were just thinking, well, it's time to close up shop on aquaponics. Well, what do you do with all that stuff now? What do you do with fish? So, <laughs> and guys, yeah. look, I, I was scared because every time we would have to open up our garage door, the neighbors, they thought we were crazy, I'm sure. I'm sure I mean, what did they think we got? Oh, the the we smell, were, the oh. smell just oozing out of the garage. They probably, they probably thought we had got into some some deal with drug lords or something, smuggling something. They thought we were hiding a dead body in there, I'm sure. There's I don't something. know, I yeah. Because here we are, two-car garage. We parked both cars outside the garage, and we got these giant, massive totes. And all they hear is this hum of this pump running. And we won't, 24 we won't, we won't open our garage and we'll be in all secretive about it. Yeah, and we're sneaking in and out and we got weird stuff being sent to the house so we, and they hear us putting together all this stuff and I can only imagine what they thought. Saw's going at midnight. Oh, yeah. Um, um, I, wish, I wish I could find the pictures. We have some pictures of it. I wish I could find them. So that yeah, the, but the, but the, the plants grew really they well. So in the towers, we planted lots of herbs. The plants grew really, the herbs grew really well in those towers. So and, and in the- Evidently fish um, well, waste we, does work and fish waste does fertilize plants really well. Well, and we did, we supplemented too. You probably yeah. don't realize, but I supplemented yeah, with I that, um, yeah. with some liquid fertilizers and stuff like that. But we did, let's say we did a bunch of lettuce. We did, uh, we did tomatoes. Mm-hmm. And we did the herbs in those towers. Now the lettuce, this was like um, little lettuce. I mean, it never, it never got like. No, it did. Lettuce. It did. Like we had like romaine lettuce. Remember, oh, we, yeah, had, we, like, had, we had like yeah, tall romaine, romaine lettuce, romaine and that uh, that's where we tried that Amish deer tongue lettuce was when we did that. That's right. Because that it grew out. We, could, we had a lot of lettuce. That grew really well. Yeah. We were eating a lot of salad. Mm-hmm. Not as much lettuce as we have now. Right. But yeah. but we had a good bit. I mean, so, for a backyard. Right, for the little space we were working yeah. in. That was pretty good, I thought. And the, <laughs> but the tomatoes never really no, set they, a lot of fruit. Mm, but I think that was just because the temperatures weren't right and, yeah. and they were just dropping blooms or maybe they had calcium. It could have been a calcium problem too, I don't know. And there's, but. you know, there's that whole, uh, they just need, tomatoes are real finicky. They just need those right conditions. And we just didn't. Yeah, tomatoes didn't, like to be loved. We didn't give them the right conditions. No, we didn't. But we grew lots of Thai basil too. And it loved it. Now basil, I, I think, you just have to work really hard to kill basil. Like it's yeah, basil just likes to likes to live. Yeah, mm-hmm. basil is like a Kiko goat. It doesn't die. It doesn't die. It doesn't die. So, so then, then yeah. So, so then we were moving. We found we found a house that had a little bit more property. It was a five acre place, but three of two and a half of those acres was actually being leased out to the farmer that was around us. It was. Like yeah, acres. but but like I said, two and a half of those acres was leased out to the farmer that was around us. It was in the it was two two basically a two and a half acre lot because we didn't have use of the other two and a half acres, right in the middle of a hundred acre cornfield. Well, not right in the middle. It was on the road, but it 
yeah, so, everything but the road was surrounded by yeah, corn, so, three so sides of corn. Picture, if you will, yeah, you, you have industrial uh, farmers, industrial farmland all around you. You got pig farmers down the road. Yeah, right? we had a pig farm Just, right down the I road. Mean, and, yeah. and there is no such thing as any, there wasn't a tree for miles. I think there was, there was one little tree on the plot that we were on, mm-hmm. on the little small acres we were on, one tree. And then there's no trees, there's no tree line, there's no woods, it's just flat, open land. Yeah, there's so no hills you, in that If you've ever that seen cornfields and industrial farmland, it's just flat, wide open, you can see for miles, that's what we're in. That's what we do, yeah, so yeah. Anything you put out there or anything that, you know, needs to not blow over, you can kiss it goodbye, it's going it's to be gone. <laughs> like, and... And oh my gosh, the wind would like knock my kids over. Yeah, like it, they'd be holding on to the ground, crawling because the wind was like blowing them over. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so a couple things: there really wasn't any growing a garden out there because no. No. they sprayed with Roundup on a regular basis because it was Roundup corn, and they they so. did it. You know, they did it via plane, right? They they just yeah. um, they, they crop just, dusted, they just everything. dusted everything. So. Being surrounded by the corn and having that little plot, there's no way that the the roundup wasn't wave, you know, just blowing over. It was definitely when it was spraying. Big machines and the combines just yep. rolling by, yep. and it was time to seed, and it was time to harvest, yep. and everything. We knew when it was time for stuff because we just yep. them rolling by. But our venture into uh, our small venture into backyard and garage farming uh, kind of whetted our taste buds for kind of getting into the farm life. That's probably what did it. That's yeah. how we like lit that little spark. Because yeah. then we decided that, you know, maybe we could take on animals. So did we get, did we get, was it the meat chickens or the, or the pigs we got first? So first, the very first ones, it was. Wasn't it the meat chickens? The I meat built, chickens. So I had been watching videos, even before we moved, I'd been watching videos and I came across uh, John Soskovich. And if you don't know him, look him up. He's he, he has a really good system if you're looking to get into the chicken business. But um, I've been watching a lot of videos and he has a really cool chicken tractor. Really the only chicken tractor that I, even now, that I like. Uh, all the other ones are either really heavy and clunky or they're real shorts. You can't get in them. They're not functional. His is just it's light, functional, really easy to use. If you're looking for a chicken tractor design, my, check his out. my uh, family, my grandparents and my great-grandparents, you know, they always had backyard chickens and they had, you know, free-range chickens. And they didn't really uh, have like a coop or anything. They shut them up in at night. They would like go into like a shed or a barn and they would just, you know, they they were country people, like really, really deep, deep South country people. So they didn't, uh, they didn't have anything like a chicken tractor and they didn't do anything like we do it nowadays. They just kind of they had some backyard chickens that they just threw some corn to and fed every now and then. So that was my experience and knowledge with chickens as far as I knew about what you do to keep chickens. Yeah, that and was here all I, I knew. And here I come and I'm like, hey, honey, yeah. this is how we need to do it. We got to build this yeah. this whole contraption. And so so we ordered the chicks. Mm-hmm. We ordered, um, we ordered, I think we ordered 30. Was it 30 or 50 the first time? I think it was 30. It was 30. We, we ordered 30 chickens. We ordered it from a hatchery. Yep. So we got th- ordered 30 chickens. We built the well, we ordered 30 chicks and we built the chicken tractor. Mm-hmm. Got the first batch of chicks in. And you remember what happened with the first batch that we got in? Yeah. 
so <laughs> we got him in. I, and I get so excited because you know we've never ordered chicks before, and I you know I was just so excited. So my kids had never actually held a baby chick, and they were just beyond excited. They were just waiting and waiting, and they couldn't even sleep that night because we were expecting a call from the post office any minute now to come get the baby chicks. And I was just on pins and needles. So I get the call. I go down there. It's dark, you know, and I, the lady meets me with the box and hands it to me from the post office. And I hear a tiny little chirp coming from the box and nothing else in the box. And I don't hear a lot of movement or anything, but I, I thought they were all like being still or, or maybe they were <laughs> we sleeping. We never ordered chicks before, so I, we didn't I know. I didn't know anything about chicks. I thought maybe they were all asleep. So, I, okay, I thanked her and I just got in the car and I left and I brought it home. And the kids are all excited and we're like holding it like it's, you know, glass and we're just... We just ease it down. We just <laughs> cut the straps off. And, and then you open it up. Like a present. And we're just expecting these beautiful baby chicks to come popping out of here. Well, they were all dead. Yeah. Oh, I think it was one. Was there one? There was one that lived. One that lived. The little tiny and chirp, the little tiny helpless peep that I heard from there was one chick that was yeah. alive in there. Yeah. So we had a bad experience with the first hatchery, but. We were devastated. Um, oh, we did. Yeah. They were upset. Yeah. And so we. I, I did call the hatchery back and they uh, they gave us our money back and we ordered from a different hatchery. We actually ordered, the second hatchery we ordered from was Meyer Hatchery. And they they arrived in pristine condition and actually they had sent extras that, mm -hmm. you know, so. Hey, um, it was a very good experience. So that was the chick experience I was hoping for. We get the yeah. box and it's a lively box. It's full of like, I can Yeah, it's chirping the minute you pick it up from the, yeah. The box is like, you know, basically vibrating with chicks, you know, so open it up and got all these cute yep. little baby chicks. And now, we have the Cornish cross. Yeah, we have Cornish, Cornish cross. cross. Now the, the brooder, you remember where we had the brooder for the chicks? The brooder we had yeah, in, the in the basement. basement. So if you guys have never, have put, have, if you guys have never raised chicks in your house before, you should try it. It's an experience and a smell you'll never forget. So just kind of like with the fish, <laughs> I was I was starting to notice a pattern here with animals. I was starting to notice things as I raise animals. Anything in an enclosed environment mm -hmm. is going to smell. It's not going to do well. So I was thinking, yeah, the animals that have to be out, they have to be out in the air and the yep. open, open the air and, and sunshine. And this <laughs> and it was good at first. It was good. So we, we used pine shavings in there and mm -hmm. we made sure it stayed clean and everything, but it doesn't matter. It still smells. And and again, we put it right next to the furnace yeah. where that furnace was drawing in some of that air yeah. from right there yeah. and it would just blow through the whole house. And, and I thought it was a cool setup. Like you built a really good brooder box. It was a big long mm -hmm. rectangle box and uh, yeah, all the shavings. Yeah, we had the shavings and had the light heat lamps lamp, hanging down. The waters, and it was a cool setup and the, and the chicks were happy. It's just... The cleanup. Oh my gosh, the cleanup. Yeah, so the basement wasn't the best idea. It wasn't our brightest moment. Um, but four weeks later, we had them out on the grass. Right. So that wasn't a big... So, so you know, they grew. They grow fast. Maybe even three weeks later. Um, and so we built this Siskovich-style... I built this Siskovich-style tractor with Sarah, our oldest. And it worked really well. Yeah. I and mean, if you go back and look at our early... Uh, our very first youtube videos this is when we first started youtube yeah, when we so put these chickens out also yeah our first adventure in chickens was our adventure into youtube so yep. youtube was becoming like a really big thing and this was years ago you know so it was becoming this big thing 
I didn't know much about YouTube, so I started like watching YouTube videos and yeah, I started watching all the John Ziscovich videos and, you know, felt like uh, I was getting gaining more confidence. Like, okay, we can try yep. this. So we then, what they're doing, you know? so then right about the time that we put the chickens out on the grass, mm-hmm. we decided to venture into a, another type of animal entirely. Well, and see, that was kind of my fault. <laughs> so an opportunity fell in, I'll, I'll take that one. That was my fault. An opportunity fell into our laps to, uh, like I said, there's lots of big industry uh, pig houses around there, lots of big pig farms. One was like our neighbor right down the road. So at this one particular uh, place, this guy that had been raising all these uh, hogs was going to just... Uh, Sell them to the. You're selling um, to the to an industrial farm, right? Yeah, he he raised so, pigs. He raised uh, he bred pigs and just sold them off to industrial. I don't know how he right. made much money doing it, but he sold off. He had he, he had he, oh tons of gosh, pigs. So many pigs, but um, he had them in the same kind of conditions I imagine that they do in the hog houses. They uh, you know he had them. Yeah, all it was a lot together. of muck and nasty. It was kind of muck and nasty, and he had them all shoved together and everything. Yep. And these are the same breed of pigs that they use. But they were healthy. The hog houses. Yeah, they were healthy. They were healthy, and there yep. was nothing wrong with them. They were just dirty from head to toe. And they, they were uh, <laughs> they were actually they were pretty good pigs. They were Yorkshire. Yorkshire, Berkshire crosses. Yeah. No, no. Yorkshire, no, Hampshire crosses. Yorkshire, Hampshire crosses. Right. And we found out what that was. You know, we, and yeah. We never raised pigs in our life, you know. But so we decided to go get two of them. Was selling them for a really good price. Yeah. And I don't remember how I came like across 15, him. I think Craigslist. So it, yeah. one thing, one yeah. thing that we don't talk a whole lot about on uh, YouTube is Angie's Craigslist addiction. I have a little bit. <laughs> so she looks a lot on Craigslist. And this is... This has been the case for many a years. Yes. So she found this ad on Craigslist, mm-hmm. and we were going to go get two of think, these piglets. I think it started out ones. as, oh, we took but, a, I it started out as, oh, honey, we're just going to go look. And then it mm-hmm. turned into, oh, well, you know, we can actually get one or two. And you said yeah. one or two. Well, we get yeah, there. So, <laughs> yeah, we get there, and we end up coming home with, Four, four, four piglets. Now, cute pink baby. We babies. we are still real green at this point in the animal husbandry and, and raising animals brought and doing the homesteading a, thing. So we brought them <laughs> home. So again, with the smells, we had a minivan at the time, and we had a not a giant cardboard box, like probably about the size of if you go to Lowe's and were to look at like a medium box that they sell at Lowe's. They were little. Like they it was a, a box, it was yeah. a cardboard box. And put these piglets in there that just came out of the nasty muck and smelly stuff that they were in. <laughs> and uh, so give me one second here. I'm going to reset this camera. All right. And we're back, guys. So, um... Where we leave all? We left off coming home with the pigs in the cardboard the box pigs, yeah. in so, the van. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so then what do we do with them? <laughs> yeah. So we hadn't really, we, we saw that we wanted the pigs. We got the pigs, but we hadn't set anything up for the pigs right. to put them in when we got home. So I had to kind of hold on to the pigs in this box and keep them in a very uh, tight enclosed area until he could hurry up and get out there and put up some sort of fencing. Yeah, so we put up this quick little area of fencing. It was probably, I want to say, um, 
I don't know, I want to say it was like 12 foot by 12 foot little area with fencing. Right. And then um, we put an electric wire. Well, first, the first day or two, we had just had that fencing. Mm -hmm. Then we had did, we finally went back and we did some more research mm -hmm. and put up electric fencing. So we, we set in some electric fencing about, uh, I don't know, about four or five inches just mm -hmm. inside the fence to get them used, tra used right. to and trained to electric fencing. To electric fence. yeah. And like I said, we did do some research, but I, we definitely were not prepared. No. We didn't prepare ourselves ahead of time to get these pigs. It was just kind of a, a jump in. Like I said, we don't do anything halfway. We just jump in with both feet and just kind of mm -hmm. hope we land straight. Yeah. So. so then, since these four pigs were so cute, we started doing, I don't know, we started, I don't even remember why we started looking, but we started looking at different pig breeds. Well, and then we got really, really interested in the idea that we can do it better than the industrial farmers, than the, we wanted to raise meat that had not been raised the way that we were seeing it raised all around us. And we started getting really into the idea of raising our own food. Mm -hmm. And that's when we got really more towards the idea mm -hmm. of raising animals better, treating animals better. We didn't mm -hmm. like how they were being yeah. treated um, in the industrial market today. And, you know, how we didn't like how, how our meat, you know, is, is gets from a live, live yeah. animal to the store. We didn't like how that process mm -hmm. was happening. And we just kind of went against that whole thing and said, you know, we can do it better. We, we can raise pigs better than that. Yeah. So, so we, in researching breeds, we decided that we didn't have enough pigs in, with those four. We were, were going to go get two, there's two more. We started out with two more, right? Right. So we get, went and we got two large black pigs. Mm -hmm. Large black, not being just their color, but their breed. If you look them up, large black is actually a uh, mm -hmm. breed of pigs. Big old cute floppy ears. It's a heritage breed. Yeah, it's a heritage mm -hmm. breed. And so... Uh, we raised those and those were our first large blacks. And ever since then, we have kind of fallen in love with yeah. that breed. We like other breeds of pigs, but large black is our favorite. So a couple of things about the large blacks is they put on fat, but it's not just all on their back. They actually put on fat pretty evenly. So they're pretty well marbled. And then they're also really kind of a docile, yeah. gentle pig, if that's the thing. Yeah. And they're not aggressive. Even the boars aren't aggressive. No, not at all. Um, mm -hmm. So they're just giant dogs. They're so sweet. And we had them all pettable, you know, by the time we raised out those four pigs we started with and then the large blacks and we got them up to size. They have been snuggled on every day by our whole family, loved on, petted on. I mean, you could go out there and call them by name and when mm -hmm. you rub on them, you, we could get them to roll over so they get a belly scratch, you know, just like a giant dog. Yep. Just really docile. So we had a, I want to say maybe a, we ended up fencing off with just electric fence. We didn't put hard fencing up, just electric fence. We fenced off about, I want to say a half acre. Mm -hmm. We fenced off yeah. about a half acre, maybe not even that, probably yeah. less than that, probably like a quarter acre or a third of an acre. Somewhere around there, between yeah. a quarter and half. Half, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So Small we area. fenced it off yeah. with three strands of electric fence, no hard fencing, and the pigs actually stayed in. Right. They never got out, ever. Not so once. Training them to electric actually does work. Yeah. Yeah. We've done it. It works. Yep. 
Yep, it worked. It was just the polywire that yeah. that polywire, and we didn't even buy like the expensive poly. It was no. whatever the cheapest stuff. Track and even if we had. had just forgotten to turn it on that day, or even if it wasn't on, they don't they don't touch it. They don't try it. They, yeah, res- they, were they respect that because they've yeah. been popped by it before. They respect that electric fence. So yeah. So when you're training pigs to electric fence, what we learned was when you're doing it when they're piglets, you have to have the hard fencing there. So when they their instinct when they first hit the electric is to actually run through. But when they're piglets and they learn that when they run through, all they run into is that hard fence and they still get popped. They keep getting shocked. They back up and they learn to not run through the electric right. fence. They learn that there's no yeah. way out, so they don't yeah. try. So that's that was that was really good. And we did a really good experience raising pigs mm-hmm. in Indiana. Uh, we actually we learned how much feed they go through because we had this yeah. romanticized idea that they were going to eat mostly our grass. No. And root up whatever was in the ground out there. So that's another reason I'm grateful for the jumping into something and and the learning part of it. Because, yeah, all of our romantic ideas just kind of went out the window. And we found out the reality of the situation pretty quickly. (laughs) So there is a large cost that comes along with raising pigs, especially if you're going to raise them (laughs) the way that we came to understand was a better way. If you're going to raise them yourself, you got to pay the feed bill. So you got to feed them. Yep, and they ate a lot. Now, thankfully, we actually had a grain mill. Remember, we had a grain elevator yeah, right down the road from us. That was nice. So it was literally minutes down the road, yeah. and it was a lot cheaper than buying feed at Tractor Supply. Yeah, but we, we weren't. Yeah, we weren't doing a Tractor we, Supply. Yeah, and we we weren't doing um, we weren't doing what a lot of people do and just feed them feed them out on corn no. because it's not healthy for them. It's like feeding them candy their whole life. So we we made sure and gave them a, an actual hog feed that was mm-hmm. uh, for them. And any extra produce we could get our hands on. Uh, oh, stores, yeah, I forgot yeah, about that. The restaurants and the stores that uh, have all their waste uh, stuff, their, well, their waste for veggies and stuff. We didn't give them uh, just anything, but um, breads every now and then, some meat and stuff, just scraps they would throw out. And then a lot of milk, milk that had expired or gone back technically expired but it was still good Mm -hmm. um and we would just give it to the pigs so they got a lot of produce and a lot of just mixture of of now a lot of their produce and this is this is really where the us being introduced to the the small scale vegetable farming came in yeah because we also got a taste of that too yeah there was a there was a guy that lived about 10, 15 minutes from us, a family, not just a guy, I guess, but a family. Mm-hmm. And his name was Kevin Cooley. And the Cooley family farm, he had a big sign the up. Cooley farm. Yeah, he had about a five-acre area. Mm-hmm. And we had never gone and bought anything from him until I decided one day I'd read about how you you should talk to uh, small, um, you know, small farmers and mm-hmm. stuff about getting their coals and they're bad produce that they can't sell at the farming right, market right. to feed it to your animals. Mm-hmm. So I stopped by and I brought this giant blue, I don't think it was 55 gallon, whatever it was. Lowe's sold these cheap, they may still sell them, I don't know, these cheap thin plastic blue bins with a lid on them. It looks like a trash can. Yeah. And I took like one or two of those with me and I stopped by and I just asked them, I said, hey, uh, you know, I see that you grow a lot of food and sell mm-hmm. it. And do you ever have any waste that you can't sell you have to throw yeah, out? And he said, yeah, yeah, I do. You know, I have a lot of times during, you know, how winter squash and things like that, that uh, goes bad and I can't sell it um, or gets a hole in it or broken or whatever. And so I asked him if I could leave that bin there and have him just fill it up. 
So that worked out really well. And we started getting a lot of that and feeding it to the pigs. Mm -hmm. What it also did is we were introduced to him and we started buying from him right, on a right. weekly basis, on a regular basis. So that made us a friend and we got some calls from him. And more importantly, uh, you know, most importantly is the friendship. But the other secondary part of that was he introduced us to the idea of buying uh, local produce, mm -hmm. you know, buying from yep. a local farmer. So. And not just buying from a local farmer, but not having to go to the farmer's market yeah. That you can actually sell your produce from the farm right. and be successful at it. So he said, I think you told me that he, he had been working at this this idea, this, you know, selling from his own place, from his own market. Yeah, uh, for years. Uh, for like 10 years. years. Yeah, I think it had taken like 10 years to finally get to where he could quit his job and actually make money from his own farm. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it was... 10 years. I know he sold at the farmer's market for like three years. Yeah, for a long time. And then he decided that he was tired of doing the farmer's market. Mm -hmm. And 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 he decided to go over and just do selling from his farm. Now, they actually, they don't sell all the time now anymore. I think he's retired from doing that. But they still grow a lot. And yeah. every now and then, you can look them up on Facebook, Cooley, the Cooley Family Farm. Mm -hmm. And... They they'll post on there every now and then. They post uh, that they're they're open and they have some extra strawberries or whatever mm -hmm. it is they're growing. They grow a little everything. Tell Kevin we say hi. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so the pigs, they were loving all the, the yeah. butternut squash and the pumpkins and the acorn so squash <laughs> and the all the summer squash. Like there was some yellow squash and things like that in there. They were and loving the kids, life. The girls, they loved going to the Cooley farm, you know, because they got to go inside the farm stand and they'd see everything that was mm -hmm. in season and everything he had handmade or, you know, what, and they just, it was a great shopping experience for them to actually go and see what somebody else had actually grown themselves. You know, yep. they, it was it was this uh, this wonderful idea that we had never done, you know. Yep, yep. So it was really good. It was mm -hmm. really, really, really good. I, mm -hmm. I really liked that. Um, and then the pigs, they started getting, you know, bigger and bigger, closer to slaughter weight. And they were we slaughter weight. We decided that um, we never actually bred pigs up there, but we decided that we wanted to give it a try. We were you remember try. that? Yeah, we were going to so, try. So we looked up a large black hog. Um, producer, I guess she's a breeder, breeder, mm -hmm. a large black hog breeder down there mm -hmm. and or up there. And um, this uh, farm came up. It was a really nice farm. Mm -hmm. So we decided to go down. I drove down and picked up this uh, this boar that was young. He was a he was yeah. still young. He was he, still piglet. He was he, maybe he brings 60 home pounds. this cute piglet, you know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so little, yeah. but that's going to be our breeding yeah. boar. So he's pretty, you know. We did this a little bit smarter this time. I took mm -hmm. a dog cage down there with me this time. Mm -hmm. Not a not a cardboard box. A dog cage. Right. And I'm doing better. <laughs> the farm. I when I got there, I had never seen a pig that big in my life. That thing there, had to have been a thousand pounds. There was it a was dinosaur huge. pig there. <laughs> when I got there, it was, pig. I swear to you, standing on all fours, the thing had to have been up to my chest. We didn't know pigs like, could get that big. It was huge. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. Oh, I know. Huge. So that's that's the stock that this little pig breeding piglet came from. So, so we got him, and then... He started. He he grew some, and then uh, he wasn't quite uh, to the age of breeding yet. 
But we ended up, uh, that's when we decided to move down to Louisiana. So yeah, so that news, before, before we decided to move, though, we had also gotten goats. You're right. I forgot about that. So yeah. along with our first adventure in chickens, our first adventure in pigs, along with that, to just, you know, that just wasn't enough. We had to top it off with goats. Now, this was a fabulous experience with, with goats. That was by far my favorite. I like the chickens. I love the pigs. But by far, my favorite has to be the goats and still is. Yep. Love, yep. love the goats. So we have some really good friends uh, up friends. in Indiana. <laughs> and they... Uh, they uh, they had goats, mm -hmm. and, and they were actually they were, members of our church. Yep, and they were looking to sell uh, two of their goats. Right, and so we were looking to milk goats, and they happened to be uh, one of them was a Sonnen, mm -hmm. which is a really good milk breed, and then a really good dairy breed, and then the other one was half Kiko, half Sonnen, mm -hmm. um, and she is a really good goat, and mm -hmm. she doesn't give as much milk as a straight Sonnen. But she still gives a decent amount of milk and really hearty. So Kikos are super hearty. Because along with the idea of raising our own meat, we thought we would like to have our own milk. So instead of, you know, we have this very small plot we were living on. So instead of going all in and buying a cow, thank goodness we didn't do that. Yeah. Instead of buying a cow, we decided milk goats was the way to go. So, yeah, our mm -hmm. friend just happened to have dairy goat breeds. Yep. So, um, yeah, we decided we could milk goats. Yeah, so we yeah. bought two goats. We put together some quick fencing. Again, if you go back and watch some of our old videos on our main channel, uh, it, it's all in there. But when you walk out our back door, you walked out the back door into the goat pen. Right. It's and a then good area. you walked through our little makeshift gate going a into the barn. To the barn. Yep. <laughs> and then right to right next to that was the pigs. So you picture we had a square house. Behind the house was the pigs on the side of the house, and we're talking all the way up to the house. And then on the side of the house, all the way up to the house, was goats. Mm -hmm. And then we were going, when we were going to try and garden, we had the pigs, remember, we had the pigs actually wrap all the way around into the front yard mm -hmm. to kind of eat, root up the grass. Right, so they were doing all of our tilling and preparing the soil, and we were going to let the soil settle after that. Mm -hmm. We were going to let all the pig waste kind of, Work in. Uh, work yeah. in. And, and we had this whole long-term plan and everything. Well, then came, yep. we're moving to Louisiana. My family had uh, had some major changes and we had some people getting older in my family and they really wanted us to move down there because uh, I'm from Louisiana, born and raised here. All of my family is here. We moved to Louisiana. So maybe we should go back yeah. home. So then comes the question, well, then what are you going to do with all these animals? So the pigs, we decided that by this point, the chickens were ready to slaughter. Actually, right. I think we had, we had slaughtered the chickens and, before and this. And we did slaughter the chickens. Yeah. That was our first yep. time slaughtering any animal yep. ever, yep. those chickens. So we, we slaughtered, slaughtered them ourselves. It turned out really well. I yeah, thought. it turned out well. The, the hardest part was, um, at that point, the hardest part was plucking. We did have a friend who had a uh, plucker that he had made that actually saved us a lot of work. If you know someone with a chicken plucker, yep. if you don't have your own, borrow the chicken plucker. You need it. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it was our first time and we did, I thought I thought it went really well for oh, chickens. Yeah. I mean, really I, well. it's never going to be my favorite thing to do, but I thought mm -hmm. it went really well. Mm -hmm. And then, um, but we had to do some of the animals. So we decided to, uh, we decided we were going to go ahead and slaughter all the pigs and that we were going to put them in the freezer and then we were going to, keep the goats and bring the goats with us at some point now the hardest part 
ever. I think the hardest uh, roadblock that he and I had ever come up against was we had to kill our pig you know yep. to eat it to slaughter it you have to kill it and that we had never like i said we, we had done the chickens but killing a pig is a whole different ball game i mean this is something that we've loved and snuggled on and 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 it had names and it it, it was a lot more emotionally challenging than we ever thought yeah. but i mean obviously we did it we we went got past it yep. and we slaughtered our animals took care of them the right way and they were delicious actually <laughs> yeah so it turned out really well we um, I, I use a 22 to, um, you like draw an X between the eyes and the ears and then you, 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 you use a 22 to put them down and then you, um, cut through their jugular to bleed them out mm-hmm. while, after they fall to the ground. But it was, you know, it was an enlightening experience cause it was really yeah. the, the hardest part for me. And this is still the case with any animal I do. The hardest part is that I don't want the animal to suffer. Right. And so knowing that if I misplaced the shot, the animal would suffer, that really was something that was hard for me. Mm-hmm. So luckily we had a really good experience with the first pigs we did. We had a really, really good experience. And so um, anyway, we got the pigs slaughtered. We got them in the freezer, uh, in the deep freezer. We got them... <laughs> We didn't really have a lot of space mm-hmm. uh, to butcher them. We didn't have anywhere out in the in no, the in the barn to butcher them, so we, have, we like, used the, the kitchen table or, or so the dining room table. We used our table. Yep. So we yeah. we did all that. First experience it took us like all night. One night in the freezing cold, it was like midnight by the mm-hmm. time we got the first pig gutted and actually ready to even be butchered. Right. But right. after that, it got yeah. quicker and quicker. Oh yeah, like so, you know, just uh, the whole process of, you know, uh, disemboweling and, and all the cuts and trying to trying to get it right once you've got the pig hanging and everything. So just yeah. all of that is is all learning. It's all learning experience. But like I said, once you do yeah, it. Yeah, it wasn't, you, you learn it, it, it's not too bad. Yeah, the next yep. one will be better. Yep, and we actually, our friends that, that we bought the goats from, uh, he came over and he helped us uh, slaughter the last uh, two or three of them, I think, just um, just so we can get them done faster. He had so much more yep. experience than we did, so yep. that was helpful. Yep, hugely helpful. And then, you know, we gave him one of the pigs just because, you know, I mean, yeah, he came over and helped and everything. That's a lot of work, so... Um, so, so that... They, so they babysat our goats while, yeah. yep. while we traveled down to Louisiana when they yep. got the U-Haul loaded up and we all left and everything. So our friends that we bought the goats from, they were going to babysit our goats until we could come back and get them and transport them because we couldn't take the goats and the kids and the house all loaded up. We couldn't take all of it all at once. So, Yep. So we, and I think this is kind of a natural breaking point. We, we, lo- we, we left the goats there for about a month and I was actually traveling. I was still, mm-hmm. I was transferring to Louisiana on my job, but I was still working in Indiana when I first moved right. you down for about a month. Right. So moved the family down back into the city with a tiny, tiny back, the backyard mm-hmm. may be as big as this farm stand room, mm-hmm. tiny backyard, and I guess uh, maybe double the size. It wasn't quite as small, um, but you can imagine. Then, I mean, after having wide open spaces and and getting so into raising my own food and farming and everything, and then shoved in this tiny little box, so to speak. So I'm just I'm going stir crazy. I'm yeah. not be yep. in the city. So so I'm back up in Indiana working for <coughs> for about a month and traveling back and forth on the weekends from Indiana to Louisiana. Mm-hmm. And then 
Um, it comes time to move the goats. And I think that's a good breaking point we can save for next week's podcast. All right. So when we finally made it down here to Louisiana, that was a whole nother chapter and a whole nother yeah, book. And it was life. very, very interesting. So that is a story we'll have to tell you about in the next podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you guys so much for watching and listening. If you like this podcast, let us know something new that we're trying. We're going to try and do this on a weekly mm-hmm. basis. I don't know exactly uh, what day it's going to happen every week yet. But I'm gonna we're gonna try and work it out to to where we're posting it on a certain day every week, um, and kind of you know I, I kind of like sitting down and being able to bring you guys a little bit of extra detail and a little bit of background and kind of go into things. You guys kind of see where we're at now. You see the finished product, but you don't know everything that came before. Like a lot of a lot of whoopses, a lot of turns, a lot of mistakes brought us mm-hmm. here. You know, so a lot of times we go ask us how we know because we've done it. Yeah. <laughs> we we fell into that whole trap. We tried this. We tried that. So we like to give you guys that uh, that backstory because we it wasn't always the naked hog farm. No, and and if you guys. Uh, if you guys don't know us and you're not familiar with us, go check us out on our main channel. Uh, it just just uh, look up Naked Hog on YouTube. It'll pop up and and you'll see kind of where we are right now. Long way from where we started. Mm-hmm. Long, long way from where we started. Thank goodness. So. But, and still mm-hmm. much, much more to come. So yep. we will tell you about our adventures in Louisiana on the next podcast.